Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the, uh, oh gosh, I'm the Sergeant of Salt today. <laughs> um, salt is one of the... Uh, one of the flavors we know, it's salt, sour, sweet, bitter, and then garlic and soy sauce. They call that umami. It's a Japanese thing. But that's what the the brain really knows from an early on. Um, and these are the, the one of the primitive flavors that um, pretty much every person can taste. I know that animals can taste salt and uh, from the salt lick. Um, of course, when you think about blood, um, sangre... It's a little salty if you've ever, you know, nipped your finger and, you know, tried to uh, clean it up with uh, just a kiss from your lips. You get that little salt. And salt is an integral part of our life. It's one of the um, minerals of our Earth. And it's probably available, you know, around the galaxy and if not the universe. Uh, I was watching Avengers, so I know all about that stuff now. Um, But I've got a cool cat here in studio. He is the CEO of Saltworks. His name is Mark Zosky. And Mark is... um, well, he is a cool cat. Mark, hey, welcome back to Happy Hour. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, we were talking about the history of salt. We were talking about you know how old salt is. You said there were three kinds of salt back then. Um, you, we had processed salt. We had sea salt. And the third salt, again, was, I was confused on mind that. Mind salt. It's, uh, mind salt? Mind, mind so it's, uh, it's ancient Wait, seabed. M-I-N-E-D. Not like M-I-N-D. Yeah, correct. Okay, it's correct. like, we got mind salt, man. Is it going to turn you up? So right. some uh, some of the biggest uh, uh, food salt veins are, you know, mile wide, five miles wide, and a mile deep, uh, a mile deep, and then go on for hundreds of miles in down roads, through mountains. How is that possible? Because we think about salt coming from oceans, um, but I think water existed and they stumbled upon some of the minerals in the earth and therefore it became salty because it must have been a plentiful mineral, right? Yeah, it was um, typically these are the lowest point of an ocean and then they are pushed up into a mountain Uh, through volcanic activity or from tectonic tectonic plates. plates moving together. Right. Are there salt in the Cascades? I don't believe so. No, because that would be hot, right? Because it's basically molten rock, the, the Puget Sound plate going to North American plate, subduction zone, et cetera, volcanic activity. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious. The Himalayan salt, right? That's one of the cool things we, we see on the grocery store shelves. And I get it. The Himalayas are, are very tall mountains. So does somebody have to go up there and start mining it with a pick and an axe? Or how does one extract salt from the Himalayas? Well, uh, so... All Himalayan salt actually comes from Pakistan. Um, people don't like to don't like to admit it. We we do. It's just a fact that it all does. Um, Wait, and it is from one of the shortest Himalayan mountains. As you think about the Casc the um, Cascades, there's the big you know the big mountains that we can see right here, but then they go all the way down into down to uh, California. California. So it's at the it's that's a, a marketing term more than it is uh, descriptive on a map. I can find the Himalayan mountain. It does come from a Himalayan mountain, but it's not one. So the Himalayas going K2. to Pakistan? Yes. Ah. So um, I always skip geology. So there's there's all kinds of uh, 
theories of, of how they found it or, or stories about how they found the salt. But it was that old man up there hanging out? Like it was, uh, I think it was Marcus Anthony's uh, horses stopped for what and started eating the dirt, and they found. I'm sure there's a different story uh, oh, I that, like that, that predates that by probably. I 10, love Gladiator. Years. That was cool. But um, they're able to the the amount if they keep up with the current mining, the amount they mine out of this uh, this salt formation. I think there's like two thousand years worth of of salt in there. It is. <laughs> it goes on for ever. Interesting. So, have they dated that? Have they carbon dated that salt? Is it uh, ten million years ago, or is it? Um... Tell you what, I, we've gotten more trouble trying to, to put a date on that. If we say uh, two hundred forty million years, someone will come back and say no, it's one hundred and ten million years, or it's a. So we. Uh, between, we call it ancient right? or, prim- or primordial, but um, it's definitely a long time. It's been there a long, long time. All right. So you were traveling the world. Um, you said you found uh, fell in love with this fleur de sel from France, and uh, then you came back to Seattle. Uh, are you a Seattle guy, or did you come from someplace else? Yeah. I was born and raised in uh, Washington, grew up in Spokane, left as quickly as I could, and came here. Are you Ferris or uh, what was it? Out in the valley, Central Valley, <laughs> out in the valley there. Um, Riverside Division. And, uh, yeah, this uh, this business, we started 18 years ago. We started it in, in Redmond. Well, actually, we when started Redmond still it in had Sammamish. Pastures we started and horses. in Sammamish in my garage. But but when it, when we first got a building, it was in Redmond. All right. So um, you said, hey, Florida sells something cool. It's not really been um, presented and exposed here in the marketplace. Um, who are your first customers, and how did you market uh, this idea of expensive salt? It, my first fans were my family, right? So they, I opened this jar up, and, and it disappeared what? within a week. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. I should try to find all, uh, 10 different kinds of salt, and I could do this as a hobby. I'll put up a website. Internet was pretty new, you know, that kind of thing 18 years ago. And I'll put up was a little website, up? and it'll be a, it'll be a hobby <laughs> thing. Because no one would sell me just one jar. I'd have to buy a hundred cases from France or a hundred cases from wherever. Right. It was more, more effective and more, uh, more efficient, cost effective. we put up a website and it was insane. I mean, it, our problem was selling out, not, I mean, every pro- new product we put up, we just sell out, sell out, sell out, sell out. Um, and the Food Network kept t- talking about, started talking more and more about different salts from different areas that, as you talked about, all the salts from France, um, from all over the world. As soon as Food Network said it, we had it. If we didn't already have it, so people would want to find this. It wasn't in their store, and shipping wasn't free back then. Um, so it was quite a business. It went completely crazy in in about a five or six year period. It went from a hobby to you know, twenty employees. A business. And, yeah, <laughs> the IRS business. Yes. doesn't like hobbies. You got to make do a not profit. Like <laughs> um, speaking with uh, Mark Zosky, the CEO of Saltworks. Now, uh, eighteen years ago, did you call it Saltworks? <laughs> no, no. Um, we actually we called it Zosky Industries because I did not have a business license or a checking account, a business checking account. So when someone would write a check, I just got rid of the industries and added Mark to the front of it and cashed a check. So uh, as soon as we incorporated, yes, it was Saltworks. All right. And uh, you you doing this by yourself with the, the rah-rah of the family, but you said you had a partner? Not a rah-rah of the family. Um, so, well, see, they loved it. I thought they were like, well, hey, they I'm free salt. salt. They thought it was the worst idea in the world to start a salt company. I mean, they just could not see it at all. Um, Do they see it now? 
Oh, man. <laughs> uh, my, my parents love to uh, bring people down for tours. If people come into town. It's like, can we bring them through for a Saltworks tour? So, yeah, I went from, obviously, they're biggest fans of it now. Um, but it was hard to see back then. The, the term gourmet salt didn't exist. You know, there, was not a, there wasn't a category like that. It was sea salt or, there was, or refined salt. That was it. And so to say, I'm going to have 100 different kinds of salt didn't even make sense to anyone. So like, did you actually uh, at, say uh, proper that idea, proper that idea? Did you say, I'm going to have 100 kinds of salt? Or did you say, like, Fleur de Sel, then I want Fleur de Gris, and then I want a little with the Herbes de Provence, and then I want lavender? What? How did it go? So well, I really tried to stay as pure with salt as possible. Um, I decided I wanted a salt company, not a spice company, not a, you know, not selling uh, bowls and spoons and that kind of stuff. I wanted to really stick with salt. And so I just, through the internet, was able to scour the world for all these different kinds of salt. Um, at some point it hit critical mass where people started contacting me. Someone from Poland would you know, email me and say, I hear you have a salt only company, we want you to sell our salt. So uh -huh. I was able to uh, secure exclusivities from very, very large companies in, in Germany or in Australia because no one just sold salt. You know, you if you brought salt in the United States, it was because you were bringing in olive oil and you had room for one more pallet, right? So throw some kind of salt on there. They didn't even care. Nobody, nobody really cared what it was. It was different every time. And we just decided, I decided that we were going to not only make the best salt in the world, but we were going to really explain to people the why, why we're doing this, why it's different, why it tastes different, why the crystal structure can change the way uh, your food tastes, how to use it on food. And so the more than just having 100 types of salt, which we did, we did get to that, um, I really wanted to have a place where you could come and learn everything there was to know about salt. So I don't know if we still are, but at, at one point um, the Library of Congress had a link to our website as a reference for if you want to know everything there is to know wow. about food salt, um, which really helped us with Google. That was really nice. <laughs> I'm sure. It's one of the few times you actually want the government to know what you're exactly. doing and where you're at. Uh, congratulations. Well, you, you proffered some questions there. So what makes, why is salt grain, salt structure, salt crystals different for flavor? It's, it's, um, I think most people know the easiest thing is to think about Refined salt and popcorn salt. You get, you get you pop a bag of, of popcorn and you throw the good old refined salt and you're like, man, that does not taste good at all. Right. You buy a, a, a That's jar a very, of, very fine salt. It's like bartender sugar. It, yeah. So what happens is it just explodes in your mouth. You just get 100% of flavor very quickly and it's throughout the popcorn, right? It's, it's, it's a salt blanket. Um, as you change that crystal... Um, that's why flakes are great. Your bigger, uh, flake is, um, a whole lot of punch without having a giant chunk of salt in your mouth. Um, I think probably one of the biggest problems with hard crystal refined salt, those kind of things is most of it you swallow before you ever taste it. So if you happen to crunch one between your teeth, you're like, Oh, I tasted that. But then, you know, 10,000 of its friends just went down your throat without ever tasting it. Um, so your tongue, your the flavor difference is trace trace elements in there. Trace minerals will make a difference. The water makes a difference, but more than anything, it's the the structure of the crystals and how they 
um, how quickly and how they work with your tongue or with your taste buds. Is there a, a, a chemical term? Is that solubility? Is it um, dis- dissolution? Uh, is it a enzymatic breakdown? Um, is there different waters? I mean, is uh, mineral water like Evian, is, is that all salt better than uh, Cascade water, which is very soft? Um, I'm just curious. I, there's not there's not terminology that I know that I'm aware of. Well, we can mix um, them up, but I can tell you that there's there's now classifications of sea salt. So um, in the oh Mediterranean salt was a big thing. You know, Mediterranean it comes from the Mediterranean. Well, yeah, that's you know. A, you know, you know 10, Look at a Google map of the Mediterranean. It's not an ocean. <laughs> it's a sea, and it is captive water. And it's sort of hard to, to to understand, I mean, to make a case that concentrating that is a good thing. You look at um, this new these new salts that we're coming out with now, this new salt we're coming out with now is a cold water sea salt. Water comes from Antarctica. Um, it's crystallized in southern Australia. And... You can is that t- one of the currents? You can taste the difference. The current comes yeah, up? Yeah, it's called the ocean gyre. And uh-huh. the gyre brings it from Antarctica right into where the the fields are. Um, and it's done, crystallized by a 200-year-old company that um, did you know, third-generation real artisanal people that make um, the salt. It's it's pretty exciting. I'm it's, picturing in my mind in Orson Welles. We we take our time to let water evaporate, and we will dry no salts before it's time. Is that I I learn more about salt every every day, every year. Um, I learn from them that you actually do have to you have to age your stack. I'm like, hey, why don't we just grab the stuff out of the pond and you know, let's throw it in a, <laughs> in a in an ocean container? And they're like, oh no, it's got to sit out in the sun for a year. I'm like. Why? Oh, to and, leach stuff out, and they're yeah, that's uh, and, and make the crystals harder so that they don't because, um, you can't wash salt with water. I mean, it just doesn't work. It just dissolves, right? So you've right. got to okay. have a pretty stout crystal so that you can do other things to separate seashells, seaweed, that kind of stuff. Um, I like it. Using water. This is cool. I'm um, digging it. I hope you are too. Uh, speaking with Mark Zosky, the CEO of Saltworks here, uh, one of our pride and joy businesses, just like Boeing and Microsoft. This guy's got an empire. Hey, folks, stick around. We've got a bunch of salt and lots more to talk about right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Hope you're going to have a salty Saturday night. Um, I'm having a blast talking about uh, one of the world's most precious minerals uh, ever in human civilization. It's salt. We are all made of it. It's part of our oceans, uh, and it makes food taste so good and melts ice. Um, there's so many uses for salt. It's quite interesting. And I've got Mark Zosky, the CEO of Saltworks, here in studio, and we were chatting about the history and how they got started. Of course, 18 years ago, had a little uh, shop in Redmond, turned into a warehouse, and then turned into an empire. And salt is uh, actually more complicated than you think, and um, in a good way, because it's like uh, different beers, right? There's a bunch of beers. You can drink Budweiser if you want. You can drink Bud Light, but you can go around the world and try a host of different beers that have all been inspired by the same Reinheitsgebot. Um, and here in Saltworks, uh, you have a whole website, a whole uh, industry, and you're global. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Um, 
how does salt arrive? Do you actually get like a big rock? Are you like a, you got a mule coming from Mexico with a? There's actually a real <laughs> formula to uh, bringing salt in. So, 99% of the food salt that comes in the United States comes from another country. Some are better, or some are worse. We obviously ours come from the cleanest ocean, the best source we can they find. I want the purest grade, but the, man. But the 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 key is forty four thousand pounds. That's the maximum you can put in a twenty foot container or in any container, twenty foot, forty foot container. And so we do is it. Is that in, limited by law? By law, really? Um, actually, it's it's nine. It it's uh, twenty metric tons in Washington, and in California, it's nineteen metric tons. And it's because they don't want you. They don't want the trucks on the road with more weight than that. Oh, it's okay. A, I mean, that is such a um, s- total uh, s- civics uh, lesson on you know why <laughs> we have to limit salt. So, so they, so we we uh, developed a one metric ton super sack that has now become industry standard. But at the time, it was kind of a revolutionary idea to instead of having forty bags stacked on a pallet, sure, is to have a super sack and. Then we didn't have to cut all those bags open, that kind of stuff. And uh, so you, it's 20 super sacks in a 20-foot container. We get up to 20 of those containers a day. So it's... Uh, what? Yes. Holy smokes. Wow. That's a lot of salt, man. A day? A day. Boy. So we're not going to run out of salt. You're not like hoarding it. Not from salt works. You're not going <laughs> to... I love it. Um, is the salt coming actually the Florida salt crystal, or do you have to process it to make it flaked uh, or different um, sizes? I mean, are there grades of, of a size salt? I mean, we can talk about jumbo, like shrimp, right? <laughs> yeah, so so all the salt that we bring in, we have to touch it in some way. We we hate the word processing because we do not process it. You know, We don't add chemicals or, or use water to wash it or anything. But we have to make sure there's no metal in it, that there's, we've got to separate testing. anything that a customer, everyone wants the most natural product possible, but they don't want to see seaweed in there. They don't want to see a seashell in there. Unless you're in Japan, because then they want to shake it on you. Then they want more. They want yeah. a lot more. Than, <laughs> so all of our equipment, uh, first, we grade for size, like you're, like okay. you're talking about. We what, are the, sure. what are the grades? Is it ABC or is it one, two, three? Uh, and- it's actually pretty, it depends on the customer. If it's a retail customer, it's usually extra fine, fine, I see. you know, coarse. And then if you get to industry for ingredients and that kind of stuff, there can be up to 12 different sizes of any one kind of salt. So Industrial, I get it. It, it usually is broken down into millimeters and it yeah. is. So what, do we, what size do we put on the streets? <laughs> Uh, well, so that's why we time. developed um, our flake salts come in a shaker, but our um, our coarse grain salts come with a ceramic grinder that's infinitely adjustable. So that's kind of that's the the reason for that is if you want popcorn salt to come out of there or dust to come out of there, you can do that, or you can open it up and get a real coarse salt to come out of there for doing a roast or whatever you want to do. Right, the um, coarse salt. Yeah, exactly. You rub it and you get herbs and, and peppers and things like that. And that's one of the big things for for chefs, right? They come up with their own, uh, like Tom Douglas has got a bunch of those salt uh, yeah. seasoning things, as does the El Gaucho and Salties. And um, it's pretty popular. And it, it actually makes cooking fun and it adds a lot of flavor. What does salt do to the food? Is it is it pull out? Is it is a osmosis kind of thing where you're pulling out, uh, or dehydration, you're pulling out liquid or... Are you keeping liquid in? So this is where, this is where educating people of how to use salt mm-hmm. is really important. Um, you, uh, the longer salt is is with the food, 
the less you can taste it. So you start with, think of about a can of soup. You look on the back and it says, man, there's a teaspoon of salt in this one can of soup. Yeah, but 980 milligrams of sodium. How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, think about if you just made a bowl of soup and then you put a teaspoon of salt in it, you wouldn't be able to eat it. But stuff is soaked all the way to the core of every potato, everything in there, it's soaked. And then it just loses some of its snap. So it's canned, been in a can for two years. They have to put that much salt in you. You can't taste it. We're big proponents of moving salt to the outside of food. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to soak in. So you either um, put it on the outside or even finish use a finishing salt and finish it right at the table. And then different you know different salt levels for different people. Uh, chefs sometimes think I'm I'm so smart I'm going to salt this so everybody will love it. And no, I mean one person's not... that's too much salt and the next person it's not enough. So a flake salt at the table gives you an opportunity to make an adjustment, um, but also just use less salt. You know, you, if you um, there's there's times when brining, is, you know, is a is a good thing to do. But don't yeah, brine but that's all sugar your food. and salt. Yeah, well, and it's and it's getting it to soak all the way in, right? Right. You don't necessarily want to do that, especially for a really nice it's steak. A tenderizer, that's you too, want, right? Yeah, you want a little bit of. But if you've got a really good steak, the last thing you want to do is have it so have salt, no. salt soak all the way. Yeah, into it. and that's why I see. Um, you know, I remember my chef Bill Morris. He would just sprinkle a little bit at the very end. That was like the finishing touch. I've got uh, a jar of snowflake salt, Pacific Northwest sea salt, and let's talk about this um, Pacific Northwest. Kind of a large area. I, I imagine that this is Pacific salt. It is. Um, it's kind of a. It was a. We got a little ahead of our skis on that one. Um, we were going to just pull right out of the sound. Sounded great. We tested that water and went. Ooh, that's not going to work. Too very much well. dead orca. I get we it. <laughs> went. We moved to uh, um, the Strait of Juan de Fuca and was not awesome. And so, literally. T- uh, we had to get salt from the Pacific, but we were getting salt um, at the time of the jar that you have. We were getting salt from the, from reverse osmosis from fishing boats that were going up into Alaska. Oh, okay. So, so they would fill their um, holes and keep the fish they reverse. Fresh. I mean, yeah, they would just reverse it and bring it back. Um, we're not going to continue bringing salt in from, from water in from the Pacific Northwest. And the reason why is because... The ocean gyre, yeah, the, the, way that it, the current, yeah. the current goes and picks, goes through the past the Pacific, and then comes across down along Alaska, Canada, and Washington. So you think, oh, it'd be great, all this this Alaskan water come down. It's not the way it works. You look at you Google ocean gyre, right, and it's deep. And you look at and it, the and it's like different. it first goes through the big trash heap, and then it comes across our, <laughs> our coast. Oh, good. So he can taste a little plasticine in there. Well, I'm taking the, the Pacific salt here. It's um, it's a mild salt. It's it's not sharp. This is really, uh, I would say, a. it's not complex. It doesn't have a long finish. This is really, it kind of dissolves. You get the salt bursts, and it dissipates. Um, but the Aussie flake, this is really salty. This has a lot more salt flavor. Yes. Um, and, and it's a, so the, the snowflake salt is a micro flake, you know, it's a, a really light flake and it's hundred percent of it's going to dissolve. Sure. If you put it on wet food, it's going to dissolve right away. Is that like a grinder you do with like when I uh, grind my beans? I mean, is that how it's made? You guys, you oh, no, no, they grow. Um, these, these crystals are not, not easy to grow. Um, we grew those in our factory. Um, like in, sea monkeys. Kind of like sea monkeys. <laughs> we grew them in our factory in a, uh. Uh, CNC controlled salt pond, and so uh, wow, heavy brine, and then the salt crystals would form when they sunk to the bottom. 
we would uh, harvest. A computerized arm would harvest 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want to hear Jacques Cousteau's voice talking about that. And here we harvest the salts, which has been lying here for decades. <laughs> That's maybe not French. So some of these other, the, the, the Aussie flake you have there, cypress flake, they're, they're doing that in an open pond, but very controlled. It's usually indoor, you know, in uh, an indoor setting. They heat the ponds. As the water evaporates ah, out, interesting. those pyramid-shaped crystals are formed. All right. So um, I've got a Himalayan – oh, wait. I'm sorry. Ancient Ocean. It's pink. And it's Himalayan, Himalayan pink. Himalayan. Okay. Ancient Ocean is our brand. What what happens is um, salts salts become – without a brand, they just become sea salt is sea salt and Himalayan salt is Himalayan salt. Well, we're selling you know, the prime-grade prime salt – and people will jump in and say, oh, we're selling Himalayan, too. And it's full of rocks and dirt and hair and all that kind of stuff. And so Willie Mammoth hair, maybe? without the brand, you know, the people don't know for sure what they're getting. And so they're comparing hamburger to a steak and we don't sell hamburger. All right. Um, I tasted the Himalayan salt or the ancient ocean. And this is the kind of the tweener. It's uh, between Pacific and it's uh, not as salty. It, and it has just a little more... Um, essence to it there's a little there's more some iron in there there's iron. some that's the where the color comes from is oh pink right ferris okay uh that's what we think about the uh, uh red soils of australia and uh uh well this is probably red soils on hawaii i think um pretty cool uh mark we've got uh, another segment here and we've got a bunch of salts today so we're gonna do a rapid fire when we come back from this break but i've got uh, the pleasure of having mark zoski who's the ceo and you've got nine employees where's the warehouse in Woodenville, Washington. In Woodenville. Go we figure. We have actually three buildings in Woodenville. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, does wine pair with salt? Well, we may talk about that. We might have to wait for that uh, another show. But, hey, folks, stick around. Uh, got Mark Zosky, Saltworks. It's all about salt. we got a whole variety of salts to taste right here on Happy Hour Radio. Turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show. Live and local. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalier, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle, or should I call you Salt Addle? <laughs> I'm having the best time talking about sea salt, talking about salt, uh, talking about uh, Fleur de Sel. Um, I've got Mark Zosky, the CEO of saltworks.com, right? It's pretty easy. Seasalt.com. Seasalt.com. Oh, nice. All right. That's some people probably Google uh, or use the uh, web browser, Google, right? No one Googles anything. If you, if you Google Saltworks, you'll find us. Yeah, of course. Um, and you got a great website. Lots of um, great gifts, uh, great little jars it's it's not like you got to buy a 10 pound bag of salt but you can if you want i see you have epsom salt which is pretty cool we'll talk about that but um here you've got some flavored salts and this is really fun uh did you travel the world to find some of these or are these some of your own concoctions they're all our um, own concoctions we decided we wanted to do flavored salts as a we didn't want to do salt blends right we didn't want to do garlic salt so the Compromise was we would take roast it. we would take we would take salt uh, salt and then we take garlic roast it and then coat each crystal of salt with that with that garlic. So yeah. if you notice, there is not there's not two no not chunks two of garlic things. in there. Yeah, it's actually um, on to, uh, coated on each crystal. 
we don't we don't use any colorants or chemicals or even flow no agents bleach. anything it is as natural as you can get there's just two ingredients on those you know so if it's espresso salt there's espresso and salt and that's it all right so i know that lime salt uh, a staple of uh latin cuisine um they put it on corn they put it on so many things i have lime salt so you go down there but they add a little chili to it so this is lime salt what kind of limes do you use uh, we use uh, uh, standard limes, green ones, <laughs> green ones. No, um, <laughs> no. I mean, we did a an exhaustive search for each one of these ingredients, um, but it isn't a in that particular case, it isn't a special lime. I mean, it's a um, a lime that we get from. It's not a lemon, right? It's not half lemon, half lime. No. Okay. No, because we actually have a lemon salt. Oh, um, this tastes good. This reminds me of a little bit of margarita. This reminds me of uh, limeade. A lot of people use um, our lime salt as a rimmer. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually use a lot of our salts as a rimmer. I'm sure they're, they're flake, it's just a nice based. taste, yeah. and and salt and sweet goes well, right? We it's like the sweet, sour, salty, sweet. Um, good stuff. Uh, the next one is the roasted garlic salt, and I I love roasted garlic. Um, not sure it loves me as much, but. Um, uh, roasted garlic is one of the most umami flavors I've ever come across. I'm not a big soy sauce guy, but I am a roasted garlic guy, and I could, I could go through loaves of br- uh, French bread and uh, just pasting that garlic. So this, okay, I can't really smell it because, oh, I can smell it now. That is definitely roasted. Yeah. So we decided that just garlic alone, that that market was pretty. Mm. That was that was pretty saturated, and so we decided to coat the salt and roast the garlic because it it gives it a really mm-hmm. great flavor and and it breaks up a little different um, in your mouth. So when you you get the garlic on the outside, then you break the crystal open, and and that's where the salt comes in. So it's it's really good on wow. corn and. In steamed vegetables, in sprinkle on steamed. It's vegetables. good on everything. I it's mean, roasted on, garlic, not ice cream, but salads uh, if you want. Um, next one is the espresso brava. Now, is this like a drink from uh, Starbucks? Uh, so that um, that was originally uh, concocted for the chocolate industry. We pictured that as going in chocolate on chocolate, um, and actually, my brother uh, put it on a steak and said it makes the best steaks on earth. And I didn't really believe him. But after he told me four or five more times, I tried it, and now that is what most people buy it for: is to do roasts. Uh, red yeah. with that on red meat is it insane. gives you such a great depth of complexity of smoke flavor of roastedness. It's weird. It's and it's a weird thing, you know. Uh, kids don't like coffee, but they love espresso salt on their steak. You know, these kids are nine <laughs> years old and they won't eat steak without espresso salt on it. So it's not. It's yeah. not like you taste the espresso. It's. It just does something to your brain. Well, I'm certainly uh, tasting it here, and it's a very potent flavor. Um, it's uh, it's quite unique because it finishes with coffee, and the the, the length is long, and it's almost a bit of acidity here still in that that coffee note, um, which is delicious. You have some of the uh, the fun salts here. Um, this is called Wildfire. Well, um, this is a another uh, extension of the brand. Yes. So that is um, we actually made that flake salt, and then we came back. It's kind of tried to use um, all of our disciplines, right? So we made that flake salt, then we um, used rosemary and garlic on it, and then we smoked it. Is this hickory? So um, that is ro- rosemary, garlic, and pecan. If I, yeah, and pecan wood. Pecan I, wood. I, 
It's been a while. It's been a while since I came up with that one, but um, we didn't want <laughs> the, the wood smoked over power it. So that one is a light one for mm. for for chi- chicken or fish, something where you 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 want to give it some depth of flavor, but you just want to blow it out with smoke. Pork, pecan, smoke. Yeah, uh, cool. How long does a jar last? I mean, it's basically to someone to taste, but you can. This is not going to get stale, is it? Um, flavored salts have a uh, have a date on them, you know, a year or two date on them because we don't use any preservatives or anything else. But as far as um, smoke salts will last forever or longer, even if you ever got smoke on your clothes, you know, it doesn't go away. <laughs> uh, the salt itself, smoke on the water. Um, I think um, Himalayan salts, you know, a couple million, hundred million years old. Another. 5,000 years is probably not going to make a big difference there. So we have to put uh, expiration dates. It's mandatory um, for grocery stores. Yeah. And so when we started putting 2030 and 2040 on there, they're like, our system won't read that. So I think, you know, we had to back it up to 10 years out or something like that. Interesting. I know that the stores uh, generally support food banks with some of the expiration stuff. It's still good. Um, I just tried the uh, extra bold smoked sea salt. Alder cherry, hickory, maple, mesquite, pecan, and red oak. That's a lot of that's a lot of wood. Is this a raging fire? I mean, how do you get that so what, many? So that's or is it done, a it's log? done in series. In, in, in series. So we it, one wood, next wood, next wood, next wood. And the point was not to make a. Um, it tastes like a, a nasty campfire. It was to give <laughs> complexity and bring a lot of smoke without um, overpowering of any one smoke. So it's kind of like taking a, a wine blend to an extreme, right? It's, of It's bold on the attack, but the flavor really diminishes um, like a soft waft of, of smoke. And it, on the flavor in the palate, it it is kind of like a whisper. But on the, on the nose, on the attack, it's, wow, this is really bold, but... It's not lingering. Think, well, you think, I mean, there's a salt-smoke balance, right? right. So you've got to put a lot of smoke on the salt or you'll put too much salt on. Right. Um, the, the ultimate combination is a little bit of bonfire and a little bit of espresso, and you will make a steak that will blow people's mind. Well, it's Saturday night. I'm getting darn hungry. We need some wine. Uh, I got this Kuma cocktail from uh, my good friend Chet Holstein. All right, this one is called uh, Smoked Abanero Sea Salt. Warning, sinfully hot. Sinfully Come on, a little you, bit. You gotta, you gotta deal with the. So you want to touch your eyes with this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, you know, we used we used real habanero, and most people haven't tasted real habanero. They, it's it's usually some blend of other peppers or whatever. So it is hot, but it's not crazy hot, and it is a really, it's a different flavor than than what most people are thinking. They're thinking it's just going to be just blow your mind. Also, um, so so we put the habanero on and then we smoke it with mesquite to give that habanero a bit of a roasted flavor but the combination of flavors on on uh, shrimp or chicken is just insane it it really really makes the best shrimp i've ever had is um putting uh hellfire on and a little squirt of lime and you'll make the best shrimp all right. I like those Argentinian shrimp we get here in Seattle. Those easy, those big pink ones. Those are yep. so good. Um, <laughs> I love the habanero heat. It's um, it's a depth of flavor here. It's concentrated, but it's really it's it's floral and fruity, but it also has this, this nice slow heat. It's not like a well. I, I'm We're, we we try grizzled. to make our salts like you would make. A wine, or you know, it's not just let's throw some different flavors. Oh, we will switch. 
when we get a supplier, we stick with that supplier. It, we get the same habanero that we've been getting for the last 10 years, the same way, the same. We don't go out and Where find, do those come from? Um, well, you ask all the tough questions. I do. Um, you know what? I could have told you just about anything 10 years <laughs> ago, but at this point, um, I do not know where the habaneros come from. I know that they're not imported. How about that? I don't know where they're they're, they're made in. Probably California. Texas Arizona. Or, oh, really? Or Arizona. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, so... Um, let's, How many you salts do you have? Of you right now. You think uh, you I've have... got the artisan, uh, the, the, the Salish, which I want to talk about in a second, but we're going oh, to yeah. break here. Um, talk about the website. It's seasalt.com. Seasalt.com. And how many different uh, products are on that website? 1,350. But um, they're but, not all yours? We, we are not. Um, we're not. The, we used to go for the most. We, were, we had the largest selection, <laughs> and we just stopped that. It's we, we have the highest quality. So we have actually pared back our offering a little bit. It's quality, 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 quality. So I would rather have 50 kinds of salt that are the best in the world than 150 that are mediocre. I hear you, brother. Uh, Mark Zosky, CEO of Saltworks. Stick around. we got more to taste right here on Happy Hour Radio. Regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570. KBI. KBI. Want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hope you are uh, basting away uh, and digging some ideas on salt. Uh, salt is really a interesting condiment. You can put it on butter. You've probably been to those restaurants. So they put a little fleur de sel, a little Himalayan pink salt on the pat of butter. Uh, you've seen it on cocktails, on the rims of, of different drinks. Of course, you've seen it on roasts and prime ribs and meats and things. Um, and Saltworks has. 1,350 different products on Seasalt.com. Uh, what's cool, too, is that they have stuff for the body. Uh, you got stuff for the palate, but also Epsom salts. Um, do, is there a specific site that has more magnesium or minerals, right? Is that Epsom salts more magnesium, right, which is yep. the, uh, the, the body the, and, uh, absorbs? The salt that we're uh, the most proud of is our Dead Sea salt, actually, that comes from, from the Dead Sea. What do you know? Um, <laughs> but it has a... Just a natural, the perfect balance of magnesium and other minerals in it, and actually is pretty low in sodium chloride. Um, so it makes a really great bath salt. Um, our Epsom salt um, is is our is a dedicated factory. They build that this Epsom salt is made to our specifications, and it's just the highest quality that money can it buy. It says you Ultra, actually, which you rarely see on Epsom. You can <laughs> maximum strength. You can find it in. I get premium. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it in Whole Foods and Green uh, Green Grocers, I think. Um, yeah, we sell about we sell five hundred thousand of those bags every year. Of that, wow! That one unscented bag that you're looking at five hundred thousand of them a year. Wow, that probably allows you to get the cool uh, embroidered T-shirts and stuff. And- Trade show T-shirt. Trade show. Yes. I love it. Um, what's down the pike? Do you have some um, sauces, marinades? Do you have? Do you do anything with sugar? Is there a sweet and salty kind of thing? I, I know that I mean, salted caramel was kind of the, the introduction from the Hershey bar to uh, truffles things, right? Because salt and sweet works. People dig it. Like, ah, oh, it's so interesting. So so think about this. Um, has anybody ever brought you in your house and said, hey, come and look at my, my sugar collection? I got brown sugar. I got powdered sugar. I have... But they'll bring you into their house and say, check out these new salts I got. I have this smoked salt, and I have this salt from France. 
there is a, a cult following to salt that just doesn't happen with with sugar. I get with- it. It's more savory. It, it lasts longer in the palate. It's um, you know, sweet. We there's not a lot of differences in sweet. Of course, you got stevia and honey and things like that. But for the most perception of people, it just tastes. We sweet. do some we do some smoking of sugar. That's really good. Mm. Our our smoking technology is um, second to none. It's uh, uh, we've been developing it over the last year and a half. It's now deployed and and our we make the best salt, smoke salt in the world. And uh, that that I hope trend so. is. Is huge. Uh, it's, it starts with liquid smoke is just not good for you. And do you so actually this, get salt from Pakistan? Do the people buy it back to Pakistan? Do you sell salt in Pakistan? No, um, we don't buy uh, gourmet salt from China, but we sell a lot of gourmet salt. And you think, oh, well, how would that be possible? But you know, they make grinders and that kind of stuff over there. People will trust their plastic grinders, but they don't want Chinese salt in there, so they want saltworks salt in the grinder. So we'll send. Uh, the salt to China, and then it turns around and comes back in a grinder or in, yeah. You can't shorten that process. It seems a little uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean. So, so the problem with going uh, from a salt pond, it, it <laughs> must go directly to anyone. Is it must go through this hundred step process we have at Saltworks? Okay. Otherwise, I see. It's not food. It's not food grade, and who knows what you're going to find it. Well, I can tell you what you find in there because we find it every day. Um, and we get it all out. Arsenic? Uh, no, no, uh, not from not from places we buy. But I, I. But there's natural contaminants. There's unnatural. There's hair fibers. There's uh, f- shirt fibers. Uh, microplastics. Sure. Whatever it may be, we have a piece of equipment that will separate that from the like salt. electron spectrometer. Uh, we use optical color sorters, ah. and we use um, aspirators, rare earth magnets. We use. Uh, that's really our is thing. It, is are it, some salts magnetic? No. But the good thing is, you can have is trace that, metals that, in there, right? That yes, any contaminant that has any um, is ferrous at all. We can pull it out there, but then we also can pull it out with um, our metal detectors. There's, it's truly a hundred step I had process. A metal detector to go through this this whole thing um, to make our salt so it's third party audited, so we can sell it. Um, yeah, you've got a global brand. This is sight, really cool. Sight unseen, we can sell it to Japan. They look at our third party audit and say, "Hey, these guys." You know, ace their third party audit. That we're safe. All right. So, is what is there? Is it ninety two percent and above for most salts, or is there a, a basically a plateau for FDA says salt has sodium chloride has to be what? Nope. Okay. There good. is no. You know, uh, uh, that's fine. That's okay. You've got great product here. We've had a. I've had a most. We've. <laughs> I know you've had a good time too. Um, it's uh, seasalt dot com. Mark Trotsky, the CEO. You've built an incredible company, and you've really enlightened a lot of lives and and, and chefs and inspired things and and made many mouths happy, uh, including mine. And my chef Bill Morris at the Rainer Club. Back in our day, we had the black salt. Um, and, um, by the way, what is black Hawaiian black salt? Does it actually have lava in it? No. <laughs> Okay, and it's not smoked. Um, so cool. <clears throat> uh, thanks so much for joining me and sharing the story of salt uh, and salt works right here on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. I would I would um, suggest that anyone go to seasalt.com and you can learn everything that you ever want to know about salt. All right, and tune in next time, folks. Remember, when you're out and about, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers! <laughs>